Awesome, man. Well, first and foremost, if you don't mind doing a quick intro for the people that may not know who you are, what you do. Yeah, of course. So, hey, everyone, my name is Ish Verdusco. Uh, I was born and raised throughout Southern California, uh, actually born here in L.A. and then moved around a ton growing up. By the time I hit high school, I had moved, I think, 11 different times. So I was always a new kid on the block, always having to make friends, always uh, just like finding my own little clique every school I went to. Um, I went to college at UC Merced, it's a really small school in the Central Valley, and then graduated, couldn't find a job. I think I applied to like 250 jobs or 200 jobs or something like that. And then uh, ended up like being super frustrated, moving in back home my parents, um, landing a job at 24 Hour Fitness, which is a gym as like assistant manager, and then ended up landing my dream job through like a referral at LinkedIn. After that, worked at Snap, and now I'm in transition, um, going to work at a startup called Crave It to head up their growth and marketing. So that's kind of an overview. And I also should mention, um, I'm Mexican-American, so I'm really proud of like being Latino, um, really proud of my culture, and that kind of like, that shows in all of my content, as well as the book and social and all that as well. That's awesome, man. Uh, I do want to talk to you about the book, but what what would you say has been the driving force behind uh, sort of just being persistent and not kind of giving up? Because, you know, moving back home with your parents after you graduate is not an easy thing to do, especially no, as a young adult who, you know, while you may be maturing and developing, you're still sort of concerned with the perception of other people. And to do something like that is like, in the eyes of other people obviously you know it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things but in the eyes of of the people around you and the people you went to school with it's like a step back so what was the kind of driving force behind you know maneuvering through those times it was tough uh i'll be super honest with you when i graduated college i had done everything you were supposed to do in order to be successful to get a to get a job after college so i had like multiple internships. I was the, the, the kid on campus that led the group that hosted all the student concerts, managed a budget of like $340,000 as like a 21 year old, like president of organizations, like events, internships, all this stuff. So when I graduated and I couldn't find a job, I was like devastated. Like I, could, I couldn't believe it. And looking back, if there's anybody that's listening to this who's like a student, I learned that I was applying the wrong way. I was just throwing my resume out into the to the wild and not really catering it to each job. Applying, I was doing like the numbers game. So trying to apply as many as possible and the quality was shit. Doing cover letters, but doing them half-assed. So I would just say, if, if you're listening to this, like focus on the, the skill set that you have and the jobs that you really want to do. And then like find creative ways to like put your resume in front of the right person that is a decision maker or that can get it in front of the decision maker. Uh, but back to your question, so I I think just my upbringing of n not really, like zero to 10 years old was probably the roughest time. Um, from 10 to 13 was another like rougher period of my life. I lost my dad at 13 years old. And then from like 13 to 18 is like things starting start to get better, you know? Right. But I think from like that upbringing of growing up where you don't really have too much, you don't really have... Um, like all, all you really have is family, you know, like that, that's a secure, that's the secure thing that, they, that I was raised with. So when I graduated and I was like devastated, I had built like this platform and this empire of like 
this is what success should look like. And then I, I hit like a reality check of like, this is what success looks like to my peers, like you mentioned. But for me, I need to make my own path. And if that if that means me going back to what I know best, which is family, which is like my culture, which is uh, the things that I enjoy doing most, for a few months till I get back on my feet, then so be it. You know, like yeah, friends are getting jobs, landing their dream jobs, getting cars, getting houses, getting married, and all that. But I just looked at it as like an opportunity. Like I'm fortunate enough that I had parents that had a house, and my mom was basically like, "Look, you can live rent free for three months, but you got to get a job after that, and like just pitch in and help out." Mm-hmm. And uh, if I didn't have my mom like pushing me to like want to get a better job, even after I got that 24-hour fitness job, then I wouldn't have ever gotten to LinkedIn, you know? Really? Yeah, because I would have, you, 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 you get comfortable into like a certain space. You start figuring out your groove. I would have, I was an assistant manager at 24-hour fitness. My next goal was to become a club manager, start making 100 grand. Uh, yeah, and then you become like a district manager. And then mm-hmm. you become like, you just, you keep going up the hierarchy. So my mom was like pushing me of like, do you really enjoy your job? Just because you enjoy the gym doesn't mean you enjoy your job, you know? And I started to become miserable of like, I really love gym atmosphere, but I found myself wanting to be working out more than working with like a service team, you know? Right, right. So long story, but it all came back to like family and my upbringing. Um, it's important, man. It really, uh, not to cut you off, but oh, it really okay. is important to have that foundation and you know, I've had some friends um, that maybe weren't as lucky, maybe didn't have a foundation like that, that kind of allowed them to, you know, maybe take a little bit longer to figure stuff out or provide them with support. And I've kind of realized that, you know, when um, with like the internet and books and all these resources that we have available, you know, people can build their own foundation. It may not be as personal as having family members or whatever, but you can still curate, you know, certain uh, a group of people that you kind of follow or pursue or consume their content and read their books. And you can kind of build that artificially with uh, the amount of resources we have. But the point I'm trying to make is that it's really amazing to have a foundation, but it's also important to know, you know, what you really want to do, not yeah. just following the normal path or predetermined path or you know the expected path mm-hmm. so I want to get into that like when um now when how did you kind of figure out that you know maybe my path is a little bit different or maybe it's going to be a kind of a different road for me like what was the thinking what was the what, what were the kind of uh, books you were consuming what was the content you were consuming I don't think it was necessarily any particular books. It's always something that I have done since I was, I don't know, maybe like a kid. You know, like when I was younger, in like third grade, you play t-ball and then you start playing basketball and then you start to do swim and soccer and ASB and all these organizations. So I've always, and probably because of my parents too, like they've always supported me in whatever it is that I found to be passionate at that moment in my life, you know? And when I graduated, and I found myself in that job that I kind of didn't really like, but I love the gym atmosphere. Then I started to think, well, what is it that I currently really, really love doing? And at that moment in my life, it was event planning, planning events, bringing people together and the shared experience. And I had done that in college a lot, like 300 events in four years, like concerts, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So then I, then that's when I started looking to, to LinkedIn, on LinkedIn to try to find jobs that were like in the event planning space. I think my dream job at that time was like 
it was LinkedIn, it was Twitter, and then it was like Live Nation. I thought it would be so cool to plan like huge concerts and festivals. But I just had a, a little bit of self-awareness of like, this is what I really love doing. How can I make this part of my job or full-time of my job? And then that's always what I've done since then. So like when I started working at LinkedIn, my, my role was event event planning. And then I transitioned to employer branding, which is like social media mixed with branding for the company. And then I transitioned to a social media marketing role, then a diversity role. And now I'm transitioning back into a marketing role full time. So I've always just like gone the route that I was like really passionate about at that time. And I guess like that goes against the current of what many young people are told. Like just get really good at one thing and then do it for 25 years and then you retire or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. but we're living in way different times now. You know, you can, you can change your career multiple times early on and still recover from it because you have 15 to 20 to 30 more years of your life to work. Um, I definitely agree. And that's a very good point because, um, you know, I think the primitive thinking behind mastering one skill and retiring is primarily due to the lack of resources that were around when that kind of thinking was developed mm-hmm. um because you know back then like obviously they didn't have the internet they didn't have all these resources where you can literally learn anything and people have simplified so many things they've made learning is like the easiest it's ever been and learning yeah. a skill and monetizing that skill is the easiest it's ever been and so to expect someone to master one thing and only pursue that I mean, I, I do see the positive of that as well, because we need people that are experts in fields because that's, you know, those are the people that push the envelope. And, you know, we have these scientists and researchers that really provide us with information and updates. But for the majority or for everyone else, just be a conglomerate. I mean, that's something I definitely relate to, you know, always adding new skills. And like you said, you never know where opportunity takes you and where your career takes you but I did want to ask you about uh, the transitions between job roles would you say it was a balance between opportunity and passion or was it more opportunity both Um, the first two jumps going from events to like employer branding and social media that was like pure passion mixed with like the opportunity just happened to come up internally at the company that was open role um, the first one, so when I was doing a full-time events role, after about a year, I talked to my manager and I said, hey, like, this is fun. I like doing it. I think I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm, good at, I'm good at it. But I can have more of an impact on the company if you let me just do these types of projects related to social media. So I kind of, like, carved out my own role. And, and eventually it was, like, 10% of my role became 20% of my role became 50% of my role. And then when you start providing so much value to the company they let you do it full time, you know, like there's no point of paying you to do events when you're impacting the company at global scale doing this other type of projects. 